Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. This is Sweet 16, the podcast series where musicians revisit that teenage year where everything changes. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at the Erased Tape Sound Gallery in London on Monday the 23rd of April 2018. Our guest that night was Joe Mount from Metronomy. He joined host Greg Cochran from Loud and Quiet magazine to talk about that teenage year and play some of the music that reminds him of being 16. Hi, thank you. Thanks for joining us, Joe. So this podcast is all about being 16. So just set the scene for us. When you were 16, what year was it? What year did you turn 16? And where were you? Where, where were you growing up as a teenager then? It would have been 1998. I turned 16. And um, I was in a, a mess of hormones, I should think. And I was in Devon. I, yeah, do you, I always forget when you're 16, that's kind of when you start sixth form, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Or so just was, finishing GCSEs going to sixth form, yeah. I guess. So I was going to sixth form. I think I was. I had a pretty good time at school. Mm-hmm. So I think I was, yeah, feeling like like uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Was Totnes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've never visited Totnes before. Uh, what kind of a place is it for a teenager? So when I was there, it was quite an exciting place. There was like a used to be an art college very close by so there were loads of students around the town there were, so there were kind of school age children and then there was also this a massive uh art students so like and then there were people from whatever at that age upwards so it was actually quite a kind of youthful place and like that's changed now because the, the college has gone but it was a uh, yeah it just felt like a really like there was stuff happening kind of and 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 because of the art college quite kind of unusual stuff happening and i'd managed to by the time i was 16 i'd i'd met very good friends who were kind of into music and started playing in bands with them and and started kind of finding our own way in the world of like music listening so uh, it was kind of it was really it was a really great place to grow up before we go any further i need to establish an important fact did you have a nickname when you were 16? And if so, what was it? <laughs> no, I didn't have a nickname. Someone, like some skateboarder. I was at, so I used to skateboard. And one day this man from Birmingham came to the town. He just moved there. And he was like very exciting because he had a, like a regional accent. <laughs> and Exotic. We, yeah, and we were like, oh, what's your name? He's like, oh, my name's Ziggy. Uh, Zagai. Anyway, it's like Ziggy. I was like, wow, that's a cool nickname. Like, it's called Ziggy. 
And he, he started calling me Pop, because <laughs> right? I used to go to Safeway and buy the fizzy drinks. <laughs> so that was kind of exciting. Hear someone call it Pop was pretty cool. But, um, and then one day I went to his house to, uh, to call on him, and his dad answered the door, and I was like, oh, it's Ziggy. And, and the guy was like, who? I was like, Ziggy. <laughs> I was like, oh, Daniel. <laughs> and turns out, so he basically reinvented himself coming to our town which I quite respected. So anyway, I didn't have a nickname. Pop was yeah, what he was. Ziggy, Ziggy used to call me Pop. Ziggy Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. What was family life like? Was, uh, you've got siblings? I've got a sister, yeah. Okay, and how did you get on in those teenage years? Well, she would have, uh, well, pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah, very well. Um, and then she would have left for university. She's two years older. So she would have left when I was 16. So it was like I had the, the place to myself for the for the first time and definitely like with her gone it was easier <laughs> you could get away with anything well no you know like yeah, i don't know i don't i don't want to be too too rude about um teenage girls <laughs> but she was quite demanding and uh and uh and when she left the house yeah i, I felt quite relaxed for the first time <laughs> I mean, no offence, I hope people understand. Yeah. We've got a photo, um, so the people here that are with us tonight, but also people that are listening to this will be able to see us online as well. We've got a photo of you at 16. I think I was younger than 16 in that okay. picture. I've worked, I, think I, I think I was maybe 4 or 15. Okay, for people that can't yeah. see this right now, uh, just describe what the photo is showing and where you were when it was taken. Uh, that's me and my sister in Berlin on a kind of one of only a few family holidays that we had in the kind of teenage years, I think. And that was looking at our future together. <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking at a building site, Jeff. Yeah, well, that was that was what you You're going to go into like, property. It, it was quite, yeah, it was quite impressive, Berlin. I think even then, I don't know if you've, if anyone goes there much. But yeah, then it was like just cranes everywhere. That would be considered a very cool family holiday now. Yeah, I suppose it would, but at the time it was, you know, we just argued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things did you do as a family apart from going on the occasional holiday? Did you, like, sit down at meal times? Were you, like, a close family? Did you get on well? Uh, yeah, we, generally speaking, got on very well, yeah. But, but I don't think ever really, I don't know, I think probably, like, didn't necessarily sit down and have dinner together. Uh, oh, I think maybe me, <laughs> me and my parents did. <laughs> Sister was like, I'm off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, like, very close. Yeah, very close. And kind of, uh, yeah, luckily luckily so, I think. Mm. And my parents are together still, so yeah. very kind of well-rounded. What kind of teenager were you? Were you content? Were you stroppy? Were you slamming the bedroom door? Were you argumentative? Were you shy? What What do you remember of being 16? I was <laughs> the, 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 the poster boy of being a 16-year-old boy, I think. Like, I was great. <laughs> I was really great. <laughs> no, I, like, I, I, man well, I, managed to, I managed to kind of... Are there any second children here? Any second children in the house? <laughs> any second children in the house? <laughs> Give us a I mean, like, I think generally speaking, you get quite an easy kind of go of things. After a while, like, having, like, now I've got two children and I feel sorry for the younger one because we just don't really pay attention to him <laughs> but like but you then you begin to see I, then i can imagine that, oh like but when he reaches kind of teenage years like he's gonna just be so relaxed like he's already got the sense of humor of like someone 
twice his age, you know. And I think you kind of end up, so you kind of, you just, you're able to just watch what goes on and, and, and kind of then just not make the same mistakes or stuff like that. Were your parents stricter with your sister? I think only because she was a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I'm aware that she might she might listen to this. That's kind of why I'm. <laughs> uh, no, they were they were. My parents were very like very relaxed, and they weren't strict with either of us. And I got in more trouble for that kind of stuff. Like I was way worse at uh, kind of concealing things. <laughs> like you know, like I do I do kind of naughty stuff, and like they would find out. Whereas my sister would kind of do the same stuff, but manage to get away with it. You mentioned earlier you would have been, I guess, maybe finishing GCSEs going into A-levels. What kind of student were you like at school? I was very, um, I, like every <laughs> school report that I have, I think it uses the word cruise. Like it says that I cruise. <laughs> you were cruising. <laughs> yeah, and I think literally the whole, I basically didn't, I really loved things like science and maths, but I was just not very good at them. So I would kind of think that I was, I'd like do lessons and feel like I, re- I, I kind of got something mm. and then get quite upset because I obviously didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, like I, I just kind of got by with most of the subjects, I think. And then a few I really enjoyed, yeah. What kind of stuff were you discovering that you were, say, took up at A-level where you were like, I, I like this and I'm good at it? <laughs> media studies <laughs> well, that's really interesting broadcasting <laughs> all this kind of stuff <laughs> uh, yeah like I did uh, my A uh, levels were just kind of lame I mean they weren't lame but they were like you could th- what were the easiest ones I could have chosen <laughs> art very good <laughs> uh, drama I, no drama I did GCSE drama did you yeah but no I did uh, yeah media studies art and music Technology. Okay. What I have to ask: What did you get in music technology? A B, I think. B. Okay. Room for improvement. Yeah, definitely. Still is. <laughs> definitely. Did you enjoy like studying? Like, because I guess that's the uh, theoretical side of music. W- w- was that interesting at the time? Were you into that side of it? Technology. I mean, uh, no, music no. tech. I suppose. Tech. Yeah, yeah. No, that was more like. I mean, the thing is, is it was a subject which like gets kind of out like the the kind of time scale of the stuff you learn is like six months before it becomes kind of obsolete so i learned about things which no one does anymore (laughs) but the the idea of it was like i guess the way that i saw it was that every through the whole period of cruising (laughs) i was like just at very a very young age like a surprisingly young age like casting just possible futures like to one side <laughs> it's been like well like yeah science like i'm interested but like it's way too difficult <laughs> yeah. it's like okay, i'm not going to become like a doctor <laughs> and then you know the same with all that kind of stuff and i like, english i really enjoyed it and because like my dad and and my sister had a kind of have this proper kind of literary thing going on like that rubbed off on me a bit but i was never very like I'm, yeah i wasn't very good at english so i and you know push that to one side and and by the time I was doing like media studies and art like it was quite <laughs> I burnt a lot of bridges I think yeah. who was your best mate when you were 16 uh, 16 uh, who was my best mate probably my mum was it <laughs> still my best mate <laughs> <laughs> I, 
16, I think I had it. That was a curious time because I would have had, I had like all these old friends who I'd known throughout my whole kind of education. And then I had friends, the kind of music friends that I had. So I like this guy Gabriel who used to play in Metronomy, he kind of came into my life and like, I was obsessed with him. <laughs> he became like, I don't know if if, I've, if I was his best friend. Mm -hmm. He was my best friend. And then I, I and I had a girlfriend at the time who was like really interesting and like into kind of crazy music I'd never heard about before. So like I, I mean I spent a lot of time with her as well. <laughs> she was my best friend as well. What was it about? Gabriel that attracted you to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you seen him? He's a good-looking guy. Like musically, he, did he did he like, did he seem like he kind of had, he brought with him an an aura of music knowledge? He, yeah, like he was he was just, like it was crazy. We were uh, so I was at secondary school. And it was the big like secondary school assembly, <laughs> and uh, and he like he came out onto stage with this band and he was like he had like a les paul but it turned out he was obsessed with the stone roses who i'd never heard of at 16 of course and he like came out with like a like a les paul guitar flares uh, the kind of a daisy chain around his head and then him and this guy called richard and this band performed an original composition called daisy chain which was kind of i didn't realize but it was alluding to something like a kind of anyway i was just like this guy is like incredible like who is he and um it turns out that he'd come from like he'd had a pretty bad time at another secondary school and so like was slightly reinventing himself as well um but he was just i don't know he came from reading which seemed like the <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah like he was into things like the stone roses came from reading it just seemed like uh yeah like he, he was quite incredible. exotic yeah really exotic <laughs> yeah. Um, and like quite kind of like he's he's quite camp quite a camp guy and had this insanely attractive girlfriend who he's married to now. And I remember just thinking, like, this is probably the coolest man I've ever met. I mean, like, um, I, I was wrong. <laughs> 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 but Poor he Gabriel. almost is. <laughs> We're going to talk a bit about music more in a bit because Joe's brought some music that he was listening to when he was 16. We're going to play a little bit um, in, in, in a few moments. But um, before we get onto that, can you remember what your ambitions were when you were 16? What were the things that you were dreaming of becoming? I would have been dreaming of, of becoming a musician, really. And at that point, I was like playing drums in a band with, with Gabriel. So I think I thought that was like, that was my future, was to be the drummer. I was just, yeah, just cr cruising until, <laughs> until that happened. It feels like you've just cruised into real success, Jay. So, no, honestly, I, I yeah. It feels like that sometimes. Outside of music. <laughs> no, I've never outside of music. I don't mean I just that. I don't mean that. I didn't. It just happened. <laughs> um, outside of music, what were your main interests? What things were you doing? Were you playing sport? Were you going out? What things were you doing at 16? I think I still skateboarded a bit when I was 16. Okay. Was um, it a good sort of skate scene, like a skate park, with places for like, people we, could actually go? Me and some friends, <laughs> we got together and went to the local council and petitioned for a skate park. <laughs> so yeah, if you go to Totnes and use a skate park, that's because me and my friends made it happen. Do they have like a plaque there? In there isn't a plaque, no. There's some dudes smoking weed, probably. <laughs> like, 
but yeah like i mean really i was into that like i think i was into music and kind of probably like i don't know yeah like hanging out that kind of thing. That's what you do when you're 16, though. Yeah, were mates yes. coming over to yours? Were you going over to mates? Did you have a place that you went? You didn't <laughs> get, we go, would you go to the, well, I guess the skate park, obviously, but. There were a lot, we had lots of, like, you know, you have, yeah, I think you just have friends, friends whose parents, like, let you do, they certain parents turn blind eyes to things. Yeah, it's a totally true. So the the ones that are lax, yeah. you're like, let's go around to the, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that was kind of it, really. In fact, when I think about it, it, sound, it all sounds a bit depressing, really, but yeah, I didn't really have any other interests. Apart from just like having a good time. <laughs> that's fine, that's what teenagers about, isn't it? Should we play some music? Should we hear some music? Joe's brought with him three selections this evening and we're gonna hear a bit of each. I can I'll I'll introduce the first one. This is the first track that Joe's brought with him that he was listening to when he was sixteen. This is DJ Shadow High Noon. <laughs> remember the first time you listened to DJ Shadow, Joe? Uh, yeah, it was my friend Ziggy, who I'm realising... That guy like, again. Yeah, that guy. This guy Ziggy, who was, um, he was really into Mowax records, and and I think I didn't really know much about record labels, I suppose, until... Or like the idea of like a the kind of, uh, like an ethos or something of a record label, and so he was, he was obsessed with Mowax, and... And was like playing, introducing all the time, and then I went on like this weird school. They do like a Christmas school shopping trip to Bath for Christmas shopping <laughs> for my school. And I went to like yeah, it was nice. <laughs> I went to a record shop and I and I bought that record and and like I think that was the kind of yeah. I didn't I don't think I'd even heard it. I was just like oh yeah, DJ Shadow this is really cool. Just to pedal back a bit before uh, we talk more about DJ Shadow. In terms of discovering music, by this point you're 16, drumming in a band, discovering people like DJ Shadow. But when are your first experiences with music? Was it parents' record collection? Where, where did that basically the seeds of all that develop? I think it w yeah, it was. It would have been them, really. I mean, that and the fact that, like I was saying, we so where I grew up was and where they still live is like on the campus of this of this kind of now closed art college. But they also used to have really interesting like concerts. And my mum's job was to photograph stuff that was happening there. So there'd be these kind of, I don't know, like all night kind of Indian concerts and things like this, which was just, which seemed quite quite normal. I think I would just follow her around when I was very young and s soak it all in, I guess. Um, and they're not like, they're not musical, but they like, you know, they're really into music, so. I think yeah, it was just a kind of combination of that, really. Are there any records that just remind you of home? Like, if you go, do you, do parents still live in Tonnes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you walk through the door at home, do you, what 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 is, do you immediately think of? For me, it's 
my dad listening to Black Sabbath. But <laughs> is there anything like that for you? Mm. What do you mean? That, like stuff that they would listen to? Yeah. That you, you I, I don't know. They don't, it's not... I guess now it doesn't quite happen so much that that, like... I mean, there are records which I kind of remember, like, hearing them play. But I don't know. The ones that I really remember are kind of the slightly embarrassing ones, like... Go on. Sim- Simply Red, maybe. <laughs> so I think Stars. It, wasn't it mandatory <laughs> that everybody had a copy of Simply Red at that so, point? yeah. And, like... Um, 10,000 Maniacs, I remember like hearing that, which is pretty, that's kind of like a cooler one. But then like, then I when I got into their kind of, when I realised that they had all these good records, I'd start listening to the more interesting things. And my dad would like pick up kind of, I don't know, like things like a Babushka by Kate Bush, on like a, which I remember being, like listening to and thinking it was nuts. There's not really necessarily like, um, music which makes me think of them or like a band or something. With DJ Shadow, was that like a turning point for you? Like before that, were you into a certain type of music and then you heard that and you were like, "I," it blew your mind? I th- I mean, not, it's weird. And like, I don't know if, it, 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 so that, because I've, 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 you know, we we talked before about being young and getting into music and like, I think that, because I used to, so I was into skateboarding. I wasn't very good, but I used to watch a lot of skateboard videos, and they had like such a diverse sound, like such diverse soundtracks that there were things like I remember, like Doctor Octagon was on a skate video, and then there was also other kind of things like Ninety Nine Red Balloons. I remember I first heard like on a skate video, and like Buster Rhymes and things like that. And so I think that by the time I was listening to DJ Shadow, I had heard like. I was already kind of getting into all kinds of stuff. But I think the the reason DJ Shadow was quite appealing was that it sounded so, like, dense, but it was just this guy on his own. And and I think that was, like, the I'd been playing in a band and I started getting interested in making my own music and I was kind of finding out about these, like, this whole, you know, com- <laughs> it's not really a community, but... <laughs> because they're quite solitary people but like a whole world of of people making music on their own and how you could you know like your your imagination was kind of the the limit of what you could do in a way this is a bit of a spoiler but there's no joe you haven't brought any brit pop with you tonight to play honestly like the closest i came to doing that was putting the cardigans on there which isn't even brit pop <laughs> but sweet pop thinking, and then i was there's this radio station called like absolute radio absolute 90s anyone check that out <laughs> anyway you they play like stuff from the 90s and you realize this uh, there's a lot of awful music like brit pop there was some awful brit pop and even like even if you hear blur now i think <coughs> it doesn't Quite often, it doesn't make me feel particularly good. <laughs> did you just ignore it at the time, or were you? Did you actively make the decision that you just weren't into that? I w- my sister was into Blur, like so. We I remember listening to Park Life a lot. Is that the name of the album? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not just that song. Yeah, oh, we, it is, loved, it? we loved Park yeah. Life, <laughs> uh, and I got into Elastica, and like we, had, we me and her had a kind of pretty good like m- musical sparring thing going on so she was like i was in like i was into into weezer and then she kind of got into weezer 
I was into PJ Harvey before her as well. She was into Blur. And like, it was that kind of, that thing. I mean, like in the end, what like she was into Pulp as well, which I kind of stole off her. Like Pulp were good, Pulp are still good. Um, but I think probably I, I was more into Weezer and then I got into more like men alone making music <laughs> stuff. This is a time before, obviously, YouTube, Spotify, etc. You already mentioned that <coughs> you were discovering, you discovered some music by listening, uh, by watching skate videos. Mm-hmm. What were the other places where, that were introducing you to music? Was this, are we talking MTV era here? Like Radio I didn't have One? My, fr- my friend from Reading, uh, another again. friend from Reading <laughs> had MTV. <laughs> and I remember like, it was properly, I mean... Go, like, if you were into music and going to someone's house who had MTV, like it was incredible. You could just sit there and like they were bored of it, but you're just like, no, like I, you know, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I just want to watch these videos, and videos were great as well. I mean, they're still great, but like if you hadn't seen music videos, you're just like, oh wow, this is crazy. Um, there must have been one video that just kept appearing on MTV that you remember. But no, but, no, I th- I, but honestly, like it, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, I could probably tell you the amount of times I've sat and watched MTV. Like, it was... the When I went to see my friend Sam, that was, like, a, a weekend. So that would have been, like, three days <laughs> of watching MTV. A friend later in my life called Toby had MTV, and he used to record it, and then I'd take the D, the, the VHS, VHS back to Brighton. Like, university, I'd still be... Uh, so, yeah, I think five times I've watched MTV. And recently I've watched it, but they don't do music anymore. <laughs> no, they do, they do like soap, like reality TV. That's their thing now. Shall we play another track? Do you want, do you want to introduce this one? Uh, yeah, and this was, like, honestly, I really struggled to pick songs for this because it was quite a decent year for music. Mm. That, what, 98, like 99 was pretty good. And, and I was listening to a lot of stuff and I had a, like, had a job, so I was hearing stuff on the radio but, so it's like an Armand Van Helden song. And what's it called? It's like, I don't even know. You don't know oh, me. you don't know me, okay. Should we play it and chat about it afterwards? Yeah, okay. No, I'm gonna talk over it. <laughs> Why do you love that song, Joe? Um, it smells like a tune, isn't it? It's a tune. <laughs> Still sounds good. <laughs> there was there was um, there was like a whole load of pretty well. There's a whole load of dance music in around '98 that was like chart music. I don't know, like Fatboy Slim, that yeah. kind of thing, like Basement Jacks, like Daft Punk, like all this really commercial music that was actually very cool and like sounded great and I think that was like that kind of represents songs that were 
the like the people who I was at school with who didn't like like music would like that song, and I'd kind of be a bit like, oh, like, what is this? And then you, and then after a while, you're like, oh, this is actually like really good. And um, so I think it was like the, about that age when I started understanding. I don't know, like just the. You like you don't have to because I because I guess I was into you know I thought I was like into mo wax or some of that like kind of more niche stuff and then you and you start to feel like you have to be a kind of specialist or like just be into one thing and then when you find yourself like liking Armin van Helden or like or Jason Evans as well as like another was like almost a good or almost one I chose be like oh this is really good but it doesn't really f like fit into what I think I'm doing here. <laughs> And now when I hear like that song or, or like Jason Nevins, like, oh, this is like a really good song. And maybe I should have paid more attention to that. <laughs> what was it like at, at school? Was there like a sixth form common room with a stereo on that people used to fight over? Because that was a thing yeah. at my college. It had like a, quite a nice, like a jukebox actually. Which is, so at, at sixth form there were, some, there were these girls who were well into like um, new metal. And so that was often on the on the jukebox was things like well like Crazy Town we were talking about Crazy Town Limp Bizkit Corn, <coughs> yeah. Papa Roach really all of my <laughs> favourites yeah if this was my Sweet 16 we'd kind of be doing that <laughs> yeah I, I almost I think Crazy Town played in Talking once I remember talking there were these there were these, these twins who were into new metal um, who basically taught me about new metal and they were talking about Crazy Town how they'd seen them at like some tiny venue in Torquay which is kind of impressive. But yeah, so that the G-Bots kind of had that, that stuff was often played. Um. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Van Helden's a big club track, obviously. Now, at 16, you're too young to go to oh. a nightclub. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Different in Totnes. <laughs> no. I went like. Did you have a fake ID, Joe? Oh, like this is. Uh, I went. So I had this, a friend of mine who's a skateboarder, who was. He was a. I met this dude. He was at the, at the university near my 
parents were near my house and I w- like he would say he would have been like 20 something I was 16 and he was like going back to Brighton on holidays and he's like oh you should come like come skating in Brighton and um, so I was like yeah and I went to Brighton for the first time and there's a club there was like an old place called the Gloucester in Brighton um, and they're like oh let's go and I was like I can't go to a club like I'm 16 like, oh, here you go, like, here's my driver's license <laughs> for, like, you know, like a 20, I think it was a 21-year-old. And I definitely didn't look 21, so I, like, wore a beanie and, um, and mani- like, managed to get in and, just, and wore this beanie all night in a, in a club because <laughs> I was <laughs> terrified. But, yeah, I went, yeah, I went clubbing all the time. <laughs> Once. <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy it? Was that, because that, it's a different I, experience altogether, isn't it? I didn't, I don't think I really enjoyed it. I was just afraid of, of getting found out. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, like, uh, I think I just enjoyed the, yeah, like, watching people and, and, and imagining that, like, I don't know, I think when I, you know, when I was that age, I was very, I was kind of obsessed with, with getting a girlfriend or having a, I mean, it, this was before I had the girlfriend I mentioned earlier, I should say. <laughs> but I think I was at the club, like, imagining, like, oh, someone's going to, like, just come up to me be like hey <laughs> that's what clubbing is yeah. when was the first time you heard a metronomy record played in the club and what did that feel like that was um uh, uh, um trash errol played it at trash and it sounded awful <laughs> it sounded like it sounded so bad compared to everything else no but actually no it wasn't it wasn't him at all it was it was like sorry that's like that sounds like um it was actually andrew weatherall <laughs> <laughs> at this, I used to work on. Um, th- there was a when I so when I moved to Brighton, I kind of made friends with these guys who ran this club, which wasn't very popular, but it was like they they were into Warp Records and and they managed to get Andrew Weatherall to DJ, and they were p- they were putting out a kind of EP which had a song of mine on it, and he started his set with it as a kind of gift to these friends who put on the night and it sounded awful as well <laughs> and Which then years it? later when Errol played it it also sounded awful <laughs> compared to the other stuff what did it feel like being in uh, trash when Errol <laughs> played it presumably you were with like pals and then they were like yeah, yeah he's playing a song I mean it, I guess it was because at that point I wasn't living here and I would I would have been living in Brighton I think and and yeah I think it was uh, I don't know, like, it's, it's embarrassing, really, I think, when it, uh, when it happens. Unless, like, <laughs> unless it sounds brilliant. <laughs> but I think I just remember thinking, like, oh, God, this sounds really bad. Feeling kind of excited, but then just watching people, like, walking off the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of other stuff was being played that night? Was it oh, Block Party? Mate, yeah. Like, Kaiser Chiefs? No, what would Kaisers. Tra- <laughs> Kaisers. Kaisers. No, this is... Well... I think that was... Um, that would have been the the like oh like uh, claw okay like, yeah Tom Beck probably that kind of stuff. Tom Beck it was the glorious yeah. yeah they don't make music like that anymore Claxons all that stuff yeah it was I think I think he would play quite kind of like clubby sets mm. and then throw in like a metronomy song <laughs> when people needed toilet that kind of. <laughs> Broadly speaking, when you think back to the music that you were into when you were 16, are you quite pleased with the, <laughs> the stuff that you were listening to? Because I, I, I look back and I think that's just terrible. I'm glad that really? I left all that behind. But are you, like broadly, are you quite yeah. chuffed? I'm really, like, I really am. And, like, and 
I don't think the the st- I remember being like really into the Beastie Boys, like the Hella Nasty record. And that was something I was thinking about for this. And then I was listening to it again. And I was thinking, like, actually, like, I'm not sure I'm that into it anymore. Like, I love the Beastie Boys, but I think that, you know, I think it's kind of particular records that I remember being, like, completely obsessed with. And now I listen to them, like, oh, but it's just maybe not as good as I remember. But generally speaking, like, I'm, I feel like I've had <laughs> impeccable taste. Yeah. Um, so the tracks you brought <laughs> tonight have all reminded you of being 16. Um, we've already had DJ Shadow. We've had Armin van Helden. I feel like... The next choice is definitely the natural progression from those yeah. two. Should we just play it and then talk about it afterwards? moment in the room there where the penny kind of drops everybody and they went yeah he's actually playing genie in the bottle by christina aguilera Um, yeah why did you bring that with you it's just like i i was working i had a job in a in a fudge shop in totnes if anyone's been they have franchises it's called roly's fudge pantry the markup of the fudge is 800 (laughs) percent which is why are we all not in fudge i know it's true um and and so they had, he has had like Radio 1 on all day. And it was the first time I think I had a job where it was just like Radio 1. And I remember, a f- how was it, a year or so before? When was, so like there's that Beck album, Midnight Vultures, which I was like properly obsessed with. I remember listening to Radio 1 in the Fudge Shop and hearing this song. And it was like, <laughs> and I was like, is this Beck? I said, this, I said this, is, this song's pretty cool. And it was, turns out it was Ricky Martin. And it was Living La Vida Loca. <laughs> Which, if you listen to, like, I remember it well. Like, it's pretty Beckish. Anyway, and, and it, listening to Radio 1 like, opened up my mind to, to the charts. And, uh, and, like, you know, most of it was and still is, like, bad. But occasionally you'd, like, hear a song like that. So if you're, li- you know, if you're working and you're listening to the radio all day, and you kind of begin to learn about <laughs> playlists, and it's like, oh, it's that song again. <laughs> like, and yeah, like I used to really look forward to to Genie in the Bottle coming on because it's like a really brilliant song, and it, there's no like, you know, there's no irony there. No. It still sounds good. Yeah, and and it's kind of like, like Christina Aguilera was kind of presented as like the antidote to Britney Spears or something. Well, yeah, because Britney Spears at this point hit me baby one more time yeah. was the mega hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like and I think it's like if you listen to those two records together, 
one of them is a very kind of brash, like pop kind of thing. And her like that song is way more like I don't know, kind of understated and yeah. Anyway, it's a good song. Is your appreciation for a really well produced melodic pop tune stayed with you forever basically because when you hear that you just think great pop song like is, is, do yeah. you still feel the same way when you hear a new pop song like that yeah but i think it's i think i can't really i can't i can't let myself just like think about it in a in a completely like cold way like i think the reason that like hit hit me baby one more time just does nothing to me or for me and I don't really like the way it sounds, but like that song has, there's something about it that's quite kind of emotional and quite nice. So it has to be like, has to like, I have to like it in a in a deeper way, I think. I want to ask you just a little bit more about the band that you were in. What were they called? Uh, the Upsides. Okay. That band. Yes. And you were, yeah, sorry, not Metronomy. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, who are these guys? We're still going. Not Metronomy. The upsides. Who was in the upsides? You were the drummer. I was Gabriel the drummer. It was was a in very. It. It's like, I think we imagine that one day they'll do a, a, like a rock, rock family tree, <laughs> of it. <laughs> is there a big money reunion tour coming? Maybe. Yeah. So, so Gabriel was in the band, and then James, who's in Veronica, Veronica Falls and Ultimate Painting, who split up. But anyway, yeah, they were, and then this other guy. <laughs> the other guy, Ziggy. Cool, no, yeah, the guy called Richard. Richard um, Wayne. Who what a, did yeah. uh, what kind of adventures did the upsides get up to? We used to play at this place called the Spinning Wheel in Torquay, which was like you like you play covers all night. Lots of Beatles songs, lots of like the Who, that kind of thing, and then um, a few originals thrown in there. And then we got to the the final of the <laughs> of this battle of the bands competition once we got we got went to Leeds with a bus full of people and then lost. <laughs> we won, we we played the night that Muse uh, signed, like were offered a record deal in Plymouth. We played a bit earlier on in the night. Okay. <laughs> it's one of our biggest claims to fame, claims to fames. And we had interest from management. <laughs> Straight away. Why did the upsides go their separate ways in the end? Because I think because the it was because Richard, the singer, moved to Liverpool to be with his girlfriend, now wife. Okay. Pretty good excuse. It was, but it was very... Because um, that would have happened, I think, probably when I was 17, I think. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, like I've throughout my life, I had just kind of pushed these, like these possible careers <laughs> out of the way. And I think by the time I was like, it would have been like 16, 17, and he like quit the band. It was genuinely, to this day, like the most heartbreaking thing that's ever happened to me. For people that aren't sat close to us, Joe's welling up at I this am, point. I am, I could if I... If I, <laughs> I want to test your knowledge of the period when you were 16. So yeah. this is 1998 going into 1999. Um, there was some, there was some big stuff happening Tony in the Blair. world. <laughs> yeah. um, Tony Blair. <laughs> Titanic. That was a big deal. It won eleven Oscars and was a film that seemed to be in the cinemas all year. Were you into it? Did you go and see it? I have. Like, here's, here's an interesting. Uh, we went on a school trip to see Titanic, okay. and 
And I remember. Wait a second. So you went to Bath <laughs> Christmas shopping and you went <laughs> on a school trip to see Titanic. Like, they wanted me to to like to push the things that they have. They wanted me to cruise. Yeah, I went to see Titanic, and I remember people at the time were like, "It's the longest film ever made." <laughs> um, and then people talking about going to the toilet, and some cinemas having an interval so people could go to the toilet. <laughs> and I remember like being so kind of preoccupied with this thing about the toilet that when I was watching, I was just like, oh God, I think I'm going to need the toilet. <laughs> and and of course, like halfway through the film, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the toilet. So I left the cinema, I went to the toilet. And anyway, since then, I've maybe watched it, I don't know, 50 times. <laughs> and every time I go to the toilet halfway through. There you go. <laughs> Almost like to remind myself. <laughs> yeah. There was a big sporting moment in 1998, which was when a young Michael Owen and David Beckham were playing for England. David Beckham kicked an Argentinian footballer and got sent off in the World Cup. Mm. Do you remember that? Were you into football? Oh uh, yeah, I, w- I mean I was, but probably that w- would have been one of the one of the times when I was least into it. I think. Mm, okay. But I remember, unless you're lying, no, I remember <laughs> that happening. <laughs> unless Wikipedia's lying. <laughs> Just finally, in terms of the music that was big at the time, we've heard Christina Aguilera, which was a huge hit that year. But do you want to take a guess at what the biggest selling album of 1998 was? I don't. I don't know. I, th- I mean, uh, in the UK, take that was it? No, it was the cause. Talk on corners <laughs> sold 1.6 million copies in the UK that year. I mean, th- yeah, great. You, you didn't bring <laughs> any cause. <laughs> <laughs> we went on um, a school trip with. <laughs> oh, no, the co- oh, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, see the cause. School trip. <laughs> yeah, we spent. I spent a week with the cause <laughs> of the school. Final couple of things, Jay. You've already mentioned it. You've got children now. Mm-hmm. You are a dad. Have you found yourself thinking about what they might be like when they're teenagers? Is it two boys you've got? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And I mean, like, I think I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I think I think it will be quite fun for me because I think I had it. I may, un- like I was saying, like, unusually, I know that, like, for a lot of people, teenage years are pretty crap and like they don't have much fun but I think I had a really nice time so I I kind of I'm quite looking forward to I don't know like playing computer games <laughs> smoking some weed you're just going to relive your own teenage <laughs> years I yeah I don't know I'm quite looking forward to that but I, at the same time I'm very like mind like, it, well, like I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that for, for my girlfriend it's going to be kind of horrible as well I think having two teenage boys mm. And a one, dad like, playing computer games. Well, no, I, d- I mean, I just think, you know, I don't know. It's just teenage boys aren't really very nice, I don't think. If you're going to revisit your 16-year-old self, would you give yourself any advice, given all of your world wisdom now? Um, I, don't, I, I don't think. I don't think I would, really, no. It sounds like it was pretty good. No, to be but honest. like, <laughs> but not even, even, not even really for that reason. I just, I'm not sure. The, I guess the thing I would say would be like, oh, you know, you should get more into like maths or science, and then I would be like, but like, I just don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, would, would you? Inc- I think all the things I, d- I tell myself, I just be like, I oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> would you encourage them to? Just follow whatever their 
they, whatever their passion is, oh, regardless yeah. of whether it's music. But I think or I think the weird thing is, right? I think that actually, and maybe it happens still now. But I think you were, maybe it happens more now. But certainly when when I was a teenager, like when I was early teens, all that kind of like the GCSE stuff and like double science and all that, like they kind of force you to make quite big decisions quite quickly. And it's like if you ask a a teen, if you ask like a twelve year old, like, oh, what do you wanna, what do you wanna be? And then it's like, but really, you're going to decide now. Like, what do you want to be? Mm. And and I think, I remember, like, I remember, like, friends of mine who would get forced, like, who were made to be very academic and didn't really want to be, and that, and it's quite kind of full on. So yeah, I would, I'd just say, like, ultimately, it doesn't matter. Like, if you want to, if you want to be a skateboarder, like, there are some very successful ones out there. Go for it. Well, listen, Joe, thank you very much for coming and being our guest on Sweet 16 this evening. We've really enjoyed having you. If everybody enjoy me and giving Joe a warm round of applause to say thanks very much. Sweet 16 is a podcast made by Loud and Quiet. You might also like Midnight Chats, the interview series that's featured guests like Johnny Marr, Laura Marlin, Mike Skinner, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Mac DeMarco and loads of others. Loud and Quiet also make a magazine. Visit loudandquiet.com for more information. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.